1-800-522-1322. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Yep, so time for another edition of the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. Glad to have you aboard, 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123, to talk to Larry Rosenthal, our financial and retirement expert, right here, right now, in studio with us here this morning. Good morning, sir. Well, good morning, Chris, and how are you today? Let's see. I'm okay. I always have to check, but yeah, I'm good. Well, you're always looking good, that's for sure. Oh, isn't that nice again? Oh. Yeah, well, yeah, good I'm morning. Now i got morning. a smile on my face. Yep, and good morning, Bob, too. Bob All right. Yep, yep, Bobby in the back answering <laughs> the phones. Good deal, good deal. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. Again, I'd like to continue to welcome our longtime listeners on WAVA in the D.C. and Baltimore area, as well as our listeners coast-to-coast, nationwide, border-to-border, on Sirius XM Family Talk Channel 131. Good morning. Live, biblically-based financial planning talk show. Again, Chris, it's Saturday. I always like Saturdays on this show because it's open mic. Whatever questions you may have, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-ROSE-123 or 855-767-3123. Any questions at all on estate planning, the stock market, the economy, future tax conversation that's going on in the mar- in the uh, uh, White House and Congress right now, right. give us a call. What's going on with your 401K, your investment plans, college funding, whatever's on your mind today, 855-ROSE-123. You know, this past week, Chris, the market was, you know, Trying to figure out direction again, trying to figure it all out, which is good news because the market's a forward-looking indicator. And as I've been saying for a while, you know, we've got, we've got uh, uh, lots of stuff happening. We've got some, some interest rates rising, fears of inflation, although it seems to be transitory at this point. You know, on, the, on a positive note, 67 companies out of the S&P 500 have reported earnings. Right. You know, so now we're beginning in April, May and June. Companies are reporting earnings for January, February, March of 2020, uh, 2021 as compared to January, February, March of 2020. Okay, And so far, 67 companies out of the S&P 500 companies have reported and they're exceeding expectations, which is which is great. Okay, usually what's what's an interesting technical indicator in the stock market is when a company usually reports earnings and gives its forward guidance. The average drop in the next day of that stock is one point eight six percent. Wow. However, now these companies, they're only seeing a drop of point six two of one percent which is kind of an interesting number because that shows lots of uh, support at these stock level prices. So the anticipation here is that earnings are going to continue to rise this year. And that's the big thing here is people buy stock based off the future anticipation of corporate earnings. 
And that's what people are looking for. Our corporate earnings going to deliver first, second, and third quarter this year? And consensus right now seems to be yes. If that's the case, we'll be able to justify some of these uh, high valuations in the stock market. And the P.E. ratios could actually come down as the market goes up if earnings continue to rise. It's that E in the P.E., mm -hmm. the denominator in that, in that thing. What we've seen over the last several weeks, too, People are asking, you know, is is my tech stocks, are they done? You know, and, and all my growth stocks, <laughs> is it over with? You know, no, 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 not at all. You know, you're seeing over the last several weeks, because interest rates have been pushing up, some of your, your larger, your, well, not larger, but some of your more speculative and, and growth stocks, some of your longer duration return on investment stocks, you know, clean energy, 3D printing places, things like that, they've had a little bit of a decline. Uh, because interest rates have been rising a little bit, and it, and it throws off uh, their their uh, calculations on, on future uh, return on investment. They'll be back. Don't worry about it, okay? It's it kind of weird, isn't it, Larry? But I noticed also that even Bitcoin did a big pullback just recently. So there's Well, that, that has to do with regulation. Oh, sure does. It? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. It does, you know. I mean, that's a whole conversation right there. And, and uh, I know we'll get the question. It's going to come today. So. We've actually been having Bitcoin meetings in our office here. <laughs> Uh, we're having some more of uh, this this coming week. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, but, you know, that's another subject too. But uh, <laughs> you know, on on the forefront too here on on um, Thursday, uh, Biden administration announced uh, sort of uh, a little bit of their game plan on changing the tax code a little bit, and they're talking about raising capital gains from twenty percent to thirty six point nine percent. Holy guacamole! Yes, for people that make over a million dollars a year. Oh. Okay. Now, let's break this down a little bit and, and talk about this. It's not going to be 39.6% because you have to add the Obamacare Affordable Care Act tax of 3.8 on top of that. Plus, you have to add your state tax on top of that. There's going to be, I think there's 11 states that are going to be over a 50% uh, tax on capital gains rates. What does that mean? What is that going to do? Okay. Um, then you take a look at raising other types of taxes on people making over four hundred or two hundred thousand now. They've sort of twisted that around a little bit. We'll have to wait to see how that plays out. But this is a this is a tax on on growth. This is a tax on innovation. And I'm not trying to stick up for people that say, you know, hey, they make too much money or anything like that. That's not what this is about. When you get taxes at whatever level to a certain point on, on capital investment, if it becomes too high, too, 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 um, uh, too, too, the bar is too big to jump over, then what happens is you quail in innovation. You lower research and development. Why should somebody put money into a new investment project, whether that's a new pharmaceutical medicine, whether that's a new uh, technology in the computer industry or IT sector, or whether that's a t new technology in green energy, or whether that's a new building, a new commercial building, or something like that? Why would somebody want to put money into a, a program like that when you're going to end up paying a capital gain tax that's high enough that you do not decide, that you end up saying, I'm not going to make that investment? So is there going to be a difference, do you think, between high-income individual owners or individuals and uh, corporate taxes? 
Well, they're, they're, the corporate, they're, that's a different type of tax, Chris. They're talking about corporation taxes changing, too. You know, for, for a long time, corporate taxes were at uh, 35%, and it was very, very difficult on the international stage. And uh, recently, they were lowered in the last administration down to 21%. Now they're talking about raising it back up to 28 I've also heard talk about 25 too. Mm. You know, at the, at the end of the day here, this is just talk. These are floating ideas out there, okay? Float the balloon out there, see what kind of response you get, and see how Congress is going to react and all this kind of stuff. Uh, we will have some tax increases. And I was telling somebody the other day, look, here's the deal. Taxes over the next 50 years of our lives are going to go up. And they're going to go down. And then they're going to go back up again. And then they're going to go back down. They're going to continue to do this, okay? And when you take a look at your investment strategies, there's something that we call we, – we've always broken this down on the show. And, and, and when I've been on television, I've talked about this as well, and I talk about this in my seminars and my webinars and with clients. Our clients know this conversation, and here it is, Chris. You know, you've got asset allocation, you've got product allocation, and you have tax allocation. And breaking that down real quick, asset allocation is don't put all your investments in the same place, right? Spread the money around a little bit, right? Spread Grandma said, don't put all your eggs in one basket when you're riding home, Chris, okay? Right? Yeah, so I never put, listened, but yeah. Yeah, put an egg in your pocket, in your backpack, you know, in your basket, all that kind of stuff, That's right? Me. So, So put money in different places. Then you want to have product allocation. Product allocation is this, is, you know, some people say mutual funds are the greatest. Other people say ETFs are the greatest. Other people say individual stocks are the greatest. Annuities are the greatest. Bonds are the greatest. Options are the greatest. No, uh, guess what? They all have pros and cons associated with them, right? And so that's why you want to have product diversification. You want to have some active management, some passive management, some stocks, some mutual funds, some ETFs, all across the board, product diversification. So you've got two of them, asset allocation and product diversification. Next, you want to have tax allocation, and that's what we're talking a little bit about right here. You know, the IRS views our money through their lens of four different tax scenarios when it comes to your invested dollar and my invested dollar. And we want to make sure that we have the proper tax allocation strategies in place. And that's what this is about going forward. Whenever we see taxes go up or down, it gives investors opportunity to move money away from certain areas and towards other areas. And taxes are the most expensive thing inside any investment. And so when you understand how to minimize or, in some cases, eliminate taxes, you're that much further ahead down the road when it comes to the net dollar that you get to put into your pocket after making investments. So, so that's kind of the deal here, what we're looking for. We'll be seeing more and more of this coming out in the next you know, handful of weeks. Uh, as as they negotiate up there on Capitol Hill, what's the best way to do this? What's the best way to fund different programs? You know, but at the bottom line, you've got you've got Congress and and the White House on one side, and you have industry on the other. Industry on the other. You know, they're going to continue to 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 drive innovation to the best that they can. You know, and make sure that you're in the right sectors. That's one of the things we're going to talk about today is sectors, different sectors, as well as as a lot of other things, though. Um, hey, real quick, before we uh, take take a break, uh, just a last little reminder this Saturday, this coming Thursday, April 29th, I'm going to be having a, um, uh, a webinar. It's going to be on the basics of estate planning. You can go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and sign up for it right there on the seminar sheet. There's no charge for this webinar. We've got lots of people already registered all around the country on this. There's, we're going to be having two sessions. 
on April 29th from 2 to 3 in the afternoon Eastern Time and then from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time as well. Uh, It's the same material in both sessions. Uh, You can take both if you want. Uh, spread the news around, but go check it out, LarryRosenthal.com. It's on the basics of estate planning. We'll be examining the 11 different ways you can title an account, how to minimize, and in some cases, eliminate taxes when you pass assets on to your heirs. So check it out, LarryRosenthal.com. Click on the seminar icon. We're going to take a quick break here. We'll keep the phone lines open for you all. Give us a ring on Open Mic Saturday. Any questions that you may have at all, 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3111. One, two, three. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. There are still too many countries that give little or no assistance to disabled children. In third world nations, these children could be left alone while parents try to eke out a living. About 10 years ago, residents of Prince William and Fauquier counties in Virginia formed Children with Disabilities Fund International. It focuses on the needs of disabled children. CDFI's current work in Jamaica and Kenya supports about 300 disabled children and their families. For some of these children, they're getting the care they need for the first time in their lives. CDFI recently began an individual child sponsorship program in an effort to better meet the needs of these disabled children. To choose your child to sponsor, go to thecdfi.org. That's thecdfi.org. Your gift will help transform not only a disabled child's life, but the lives of their parents and of the surrounding community. Go to thecdfi.org. Make a difference. Go to thecdfi.org. Now nationwide and coast to coast from sea to shining sea, call now. 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Live from the nation's capital, this is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Thanks for joining us today. Again, 855-767-3123. 855-ROSE-123. To talk to Larry Rosenthal here live on the Larry Rosenthal Show. It wouldn't be the Larry Rosenthal Show if it wasn't you. So, Hello. <laughs> Back to you, brother. That was tongue-tied up there, Chris. I don't know. (laughs) Got it. Hey, you know, we forgot to mention, too, you can check us out on YouTube. We're streaming the show live on YouTube. If you want to see some video of the show uh, in the environment that we're all in these days, uh, you know, check it out at LarryRosenthal.tv. That's LarryRosenthal.tv. Click on on right there, and you'll see us live on YouTube. Me and Chris and Bob answer the phone. Speaking of that, give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. You know, in First Timothy 6, verse 9, uh, 9 through 10, Chris, it talks about, um, but those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare and many foolish and harmful desires which plague men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all sorts of evil, 
and some by by um, and some by by longing for it have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves in many griefs. So you take a look at that. You know, if you're if you're out there trying to just get money, right? And then in Matthew six twenty one, what does the Lord says? The Lord says, "For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also." Mm-hmm. And in Philippians four nineteen, and my God will supply all your needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So there you have somebody who just says, "You know what? I'm trying to get rich. I want to try to get rich. I'm doing everything I can to get rich." Hold on a second. Now we see that the Lord says, "Wait a minute here, okay." Where your treasure is, there your heart's going to be. If your heart's consumed with worldly pleasures and worldly things, right? Wait a sec, that's wrong. Listen to what the Lord says. There's your treasure is where your heart is. And then just stop and rest on this for a moment, you know. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Think about that, you know. That's your focus right We now. need to be in stewardship role of the yeah. assets that the Lord's given us Amen. and use it for the furthering of his kingdom and things like that. That's what we need to be th- uh, thinking about when it comes to the assets that we're all blessed with. Let's welcome Ron on the line from Jackson, Mississippi. Good morning, John. How are you today? <clears throat> hey, it's Ron. But anyway, uh, I'm fine. How are you? I'm fine, Ron. Sorry about that. Good morning. How can I help you, sir? No problem. I'm a sole proprietor. I own a truck, and I'm leased onto a company. I have a maintenance account of 10% of my gross for the truck, which is going to take it eventually. But what would be the safest and uh, least risk way for me to invest my money outside of that? Well, you know, you you, you want to uh, – there's a lot of different ways to invest money, and I'd have to sort of break down – what all of your assets are and what your objectives are. At some point down the road, you're going to want whatever investments you choose to deliver income to you to cover your needs for when you stop working in retirement, right? right. And and that's how we sort of have to back into this formula, right? So so you know, if you're looking at you've got 5 years down the road or 10 years down the road, I don't know. Until you retire, we want to get the money into some good growth ETFs or stocks or mutual funds or a combination of all three of those for that matter so that the assets continue to grow and compound and then one day flip on a switch to deliver income to you in the most tax-efficient manner. That's the best approach. Now, as far as the risk level goes, Ron, you can control the risk level. You can have stocks that are very conservative and stocks that are very risky and pretty much anything in between, okay? So, so that's where you know we would we would ask you uh, several risk questions. It's called a risk tolerance questionnaire, and and um, you know this this sort of backs me up though to to the beginning part of your question. I want to send you out our financial planning toolkit, and that's really going to help you draw a line in the sand and start addressing the questions. Hey, if I keep doing what I've been doing now, where am I going to be down the road based off of your time frames? And, and, and your income needs and desires and goals. And then that'll help you to start to build out a financial plan. That's really the best way that I can address that right now because between now and the next 35, 50 years of your life, whatever it may be, you know, you're going to have to move money from one sector of the economy to another sector of the economy and back and forth as taxes change, as interest rates change, as Federal Reserve policy changes, and all that kind of stuff. And it sounds a lot very complicated, but it's not that bad when, you, when you're working with someone who knows what's going on. That's why I want to send you out the financial planning toolkit, and that will let, let us help assess where you are now 
and then have a good conversation with you about your goals, your time horizon, tax scenarios, your liquidity needs, and your income desires. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was wondering, if you're talking about a 401 type, uh, uh, then would a third, 33 and a third, uh, in each cap, one high risk, one medium, one low risk, is the well, as far as risk goes, I want to change the subject, though. I hear what you're saying. You want to have a third, a third, a third, conservative, moderate, and growth or riskier or more risky, right? <clears throat> but it's well, really I'm asking if that would be the best way to structure a 401-type investment in a, into the – you're talking about in stocks. I'm assuming you're talking about the stock market in either a 401 or Roth or some type of, uh, some type of investment like that. Yes, I am, but I want to change the conversation from from addressing to risk to addressing to sectors. Okay, you can have something that's 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 very um, conservative. Okay, but that sector that you're investing in is going down, or you could have something that's that's very um, risky, and that sector is actually going up. So, you know, when you take a look at, at modern portfolio theory and you, and you, and you look at the, the history of it, over 92.5% of your portfolio's long-term rate of return is based off the sector it's in, okay? Right. Not necessarily the risk end of it because you could have two stocks that have the same risk numbers. One of them's in a sector that's growing and another one's in a sector that's not growing. Does that make sense? Right. Right. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's how I want you to be thinking about it from a sector standpoint, okay? And so when you take a look at your 401K or your Roths or anything like that, Ron, you, you do want to take a look at, at risk of the investments without a doubt. And the very first thing that you want to ask yourself the question is, if I make an investment into this place, into this sector or into this stock or this mutual fund or whatever it is, what has to happen – in the economy, in the markets, in order for that investment to do well, and what has to happen for that investment not to perform well? Those are the first questions you want to ask before you make an investment, and then you can do the research based off of that. So I like your thought of, of, of a third, a third, a third, okay? But I also want to add another layer on there of the sectors that you choose are most important as far as that goes, okay? Ron, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'll, I'll put you on hold real quick, and we'll have Bob get some of your contact information, and we'll send you out our financial planning toolkit. And then we'll have okay, one of our great. advisors give you a follow-up call. Yep, absolutely. We'll have one of our advisors give you a follow-up call and sort of help dive into your situation there to get it more personalized for you than I could do here on the air, okay? Great. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it, Ron. Have a great weekend. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. I had a conversation this past week with somebody who was asking me, how do you figure out what financial advisor you should work with? You know? There's a whole list of questions you could start asking. There is a whole list of questions, so yeah. I brought them up. I've, I, you know, I, I, I did this subject matter. I dig deep into the archives, Chris, and, and a couple years ago we, we did a, a show around this. And it's important for people to, to ask these questions when you're interviewing a financial advisor or a financial advisory firm. 
you know, and, and most of the way people are people do it is through referrals of family or friends, which is wonderful, you know, but you still have to ask some questions. And, and you know, one of the questions is how are you compensated? Mm-hmm. How does the financial advisor get compensated? Are, are, can, they, can they charge you an hourly rate? You know, if, you're, if, you're a, if you want to do it yourself, but you want to get sort of a second opinion on things, can, can you sit down with an advisor and talk to him or her for an hour or two and, 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 and look at analysis and programs of all kinds of things that you're doing, building financial plans and stuff like that? Are they licensed? Are they set up to charge you an hourly fee? So that way you're just hiring them as a consultant and saying, look, you know, from what you're doing, I think this is great. I think that needs to change, and here's the reasons why. And then there's no sales force pressure or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Other financial advisors work off of commissions where they have to move your money from point A to point B in order for them to get compensated. And that's a whole different ballpark. You mean on right products there. that they sell or they resell? Yes, on products that they okay. sell. And then there's another way where, where, where advisors are fiduciaries, where they, they charge you an asset fee, you know, like maybe a 1% or 2% or whatever it may be of your investments. That way you're, you're essentially hiring the advisor to be on the same team, same side of the table as you are. Getting skin in the game there. Yep. Yeah, so they're, they have an incentive to make the accounts mm-hmm. grow, right? Mm-hmm. And some advisors do a combination of all three of those, right? So ask people. I know one of those guys. Yeah, there you go. Ask people, how do you get compensated? What's the best way you know, to work with an advisor? How, how does that actually work? Another question, too, is, is will you have input into your investment selections? Think about that. Some people say, you know what, if, if you work with me, you're only going to get the investments that I choose, right? Okay. And other people say, you know what, you know, here's the way we're viewing the world right now. This is what we're suggesting. And you as a client might say, yeah, but I've had this XYZ stock for so many years, and I still want to hold on to it, Right. And, and will that advisor allow you to keep that in their portfolio that they're monitoring and watching for you and managing? Ask them that. Do you have input? Can you call the advisor up and say, hey, you know, my buddy at the, fourth, at, at, at the, at the picnic last weekend told me about XYZ stock. What do you think? Can I buy some? Will the advisor allow you to do that in the account that they're managing, mm-hmm. right? So, so some just flexibility questions. Ask them, are you a fiduciary? You know, do you have the fiduciary standard when you're when you're working with clients? What are the all-in costs? What are your costs? What are trading costs? What are platform fees? What's the tax analysis? What you know? What how? What 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 about um, uh, expense ratios of funds, ETFs? What's the all-in cost? They should be able to break that out for you, layer by layer, and show you all of that so that you understand what the all-in costs are on everything. Um, so, hey, let's welcome Ro- uh, Rondo on the line from Florida. Good morning, Rondo. How are you? It sounds like she just dropped off, unfortunately. That's too bad. Oop, she's not there? Yeah, okay, we'll have to get sorry her back. about that. No yep. I see we've got to take a quick break anyway, Chris. Yep. Hey, give us a ring if you have questions on how to interview a financial planner. We were talking about sectors as well with our prior caller. And I've got a whole bunch of information here on sectors, too. What's the best sector to be investing in? What stage of the economy are we in right now? What stage of the market are we in? Are we starting a brand-new bull market? 
or are we just sort of lagging around from the old one? What's the deal here? What does it really look like? Give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. Check us out on LarryRosenthal.tv on YouTube. And don't forget, go visit my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Click on the seminar icon and sign up for our upcoming webinar this coming Thursday, April 29th. Two sessions from 2 to 3 and from 7 to, 9, 7 to 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern times as well. We have people already registered from all over the country. It's going to be on the basics of estate planning. And I tell you, we're going to be talking about some of the proposed uh, conversations up there on tax legislation that's going to be changing estate planning uh, arena. So check it out. There's no cost for the webinar at LarryRosenthal.com. Click on the seminar icon and go ahead and register today. We're going to take a quick break. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense and here's another money minute with larry rosenthal so many different ways to invest money lump sum deposits buy and hold market timing how about dollar cost averaging put the same amount of money into the same investment at every interval whether it's monthly quarterly annually whatever it may be this gives you the greatest opportunity to get the average price over the long term of the investment because one of the secrets to creating wealth is the acquisition of shares. You want to keep buying more and more shares over time. On the flip side, when you're in your retirement years and you want to distribute dollars to yourself for income, do the same thing in reverse. Dollar cost average out during your retirement years. seen and heard him on Fox Business, CNBC, and the Wall Street Journal. Larry Rosenthal is here right now to take your calls at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. You're listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123. It's 855-ROSE-123. You know, I guess uh, Bob and I will just sit here and kind of bask in the sun for a minute. Oh, there, there's Larry. He's back with us now. I see, Chris. Yeah. I was just about to get out the, sand t- the suntan lotion and just kind of, you know, Jamaica mod. It's fun. Been, I like the music. Yeah, well, you know, I just try to make it a little bit more lively. Thinking about taking a little vacation time. Everybody needs to lighten up a little bit. It's been kind of heavy for a long time, hasn't it? Heavy. What do you mean? Well, you know, with all the things happening and the political things and COVID oh, yeah. and all the, it's just been a really kind of a tough time. It's kind of nice to think about a good vacation now. Where are you? Sitting? A nice vacation. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Where are we going? I don't know. Where would you want to go on vacation? I don't know. Caribbean, Jamaica. You know, I don't know. Where are you going? 
<laughs> I want to come to your house to your barbecues. <laughs> How's that sound? That will bring everybody here. Why not? I'm, yep, I'm up yep. We're going to open up nationwide at Chris's backyard. Just give me your address real quick, Chris. Yeah, let me get right on that. Right? Remember I did that a few years ago? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I invited everybody over to your house. It was Memorial Day weekend, wasn't it? It was, you know. Yeah, yeah, that was But fun. they know how I cook, so nobody showed. So That was know. fun, yep. That was a good, good time, so definitely, definitely so. <clears throat> hey, so inside investing, if you will, kind of inside investing a little bit, uh, this, that's what this falls under the heading of, if you will. You know, we have out there target date funds, and we have life cycle funds. What is the difference? What's going on with these? They're becoming very, very popular. They're in most 401k plans out there. You know, target date funds, 2030, 2035, 2040, 2050, 2015, you know, all these different funds, right? What's the difference between that and a life cycle fund? Where, you know, the life cycle fund may say, um, you know, moderate, conservative, moderate aggressive, growth, growth, growth aggressive, you know, all these different things. What's the difference between target date funds and life cycle funds? It's important to understand the difference between these because when you're investing in them, you're thinking, you might be thinking that, that just because it says it's a target date fund, let's say of 2030, and today's 2021, and you want to retire in 2030, you're thinking, oh, well, that's going to just glide me right to retirement date, and everything will be fine. But guess what? Different retirement, different target date funds have what you call different glide paths, okay? Different glide paths. One target date fund today that may be designed for 2030 has it, it could have 60% equities today and 40% stocks, whereas another one might be 50-50 today. And, and in 2030, it may, one of them may end up being 10% stocks, 90% bonds. Another one may end up being 35% stocks and 65% bonds, right? So the idea there is as you approach that date, yes, you'll get more conservative, but they all have different makeups to them. And you really have to break down and understand the – because the idea here is is the closer you are in time, the closer you are in time to needing your money, the more conservative those dollars need to be positioned, right? The more conservative they need to be positioned. So, so when you look at, at how does your target date fund – what type of glide path do you have in that target date fund versus another target date fund, that is key. That is absolutely key to, to, to understanding the the path that it takes. Then you take a look at at um, um, you know so some of them have a a two and some of them have a through. And what I mean by that is if you have a target date fund that has a glide path that's to that date in time, like twenty thirty or so, versus through. When, when you're talking about through, like there are target date funds now that you can buy that have the target date fund of 2015 on there, which was six years ago. Well, kind why would you want to buy of a C- CD or something? Is that why would you want to buy that right yeah. now? Because it's a through fund. In other words, it's going to hold its 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 allocation there. It's not going to take all the way down to zero to zero equities and 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 100% bonds. 
So, so understand, read it in the prospectus, talk to an advisor about that. And a lot of these are just populated big time inside 401k plans, and you can buy them in the open market, not inside a 401k as well. Uh, and then you take a look here at, you know, what's called the life, the, the lifestyle funds, life cycle lifestyle funds. And, and they have what, what's, they're, they're also called target risk type funds. They're, they're including an, an asset mix. Uh, that are designed to to stay a consistent level of risk. Okay, so they're they're sort of they're sort of labeled conservative, moderate, aggressive. Okay, but the difference here is this: is that over time, a targeted risk level remains consistent over time, whereas a light whereas a a, a I'm sorry a a lifestyle fund remains consistent over time. The the target risk remains. So, for example, if you might be 10 years away and you're in a, a, a uh, uh, aggressive fund, you know, and you're still in that aggressive fund two years away from retirement, it's still going to remain aggressive. Even though, it, even though it's sold under the name of lifestyle, you might be thinking to yourself, well, I'm two years away, so my lifestyle needs to be more conservative when it comes to investing but guess what? It's still wrapped up in more of an aggressive position. So understand what's what the design is inside these packaged mutual funds that are talked about as far as target date funds and lifestyle funds. Again, the lifestyle fund is going to be more it, – it's not going to change as you approach retirement to more conservative, whereas the target date funds will do that. But the target date funds – all have different glide paths as far as their mixture goes. So so it's important to understand this, okay, because a lot of people will simply buy a mutual fund based off of the name of a mutual fund. Case in point, this past week I was speaking with a prospective new client, sent me over all their information. We were doing a whole breakdown of their investment strategies, their current holdings, looking at their risk-return relationships, tax scenarios, just the whole nine yards, right? And he had he had um, uh, a handful of different accounts held at different places, and lots of different mutual funds all spread around all the different accounts. <clears throat> and what I pointed out to him was, I forget what he had. He may have had uh, seventeen different mutual funds or something like that, right? Which is you know that's okay if that's what you want to do. That's fine. Um, but but behind the scenes. Several of them were investing in the exact same investment objectives. They just had different names to them. One was high dividend growth. Another one was growth, right? Snazzy names is what they're Sna- – That's exactly – that's my point. And, yeah. and a lot of people end up buying mutual funds or ETFs based off the name of the product that they're, that they're manufacturing. Don't do that by any means at all. Do not do that. You have to sort of break down – and, 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 and put it through its paces and find out what's the investment objective. Where does it live? You know, and yeah. you can do something in a Morningstar report called an X-ray where you can really dive further down and see exactly the sectors, the allocations that's inside of it, where it has been, and, and what it's designed to do. I got, so, I got a question for you, Larry. With, with regards to these uh, funds that you're talking about here, what happens if there's got to be a point in time where you're shifting gears, right? Maybe is it one year before retirement or at retirement or when you want to sort of make those funds produce an income 
whereas the, 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 most of the time they were growing up to that point. So wh what does the mindset have to be, and what kind of steps do you think you need to take as you're moving down that road? Well, the, uh, boy, there, there's a lot that you need to do, Chris. So, so, again, the rule here is the closer you are in time to needing your money, the more conservative those dollars need to be positioned. Okay? Sure, sure. And the problem that we have here is living too long, too. That's part of the challenge. You retire 65, you know, you got to plan 25, 35 years, right? Mm -hmm. So that means you still have to have some money that is still going to be in a growth position to outpace both taxes and inflation over time, but yet at the same time delivering you income from a tax-efficient position. So well, you can live on dividends and things of that nature and try not to get into your principal. That's kind of a, what you try to do, right, is do the that is, strategies that is. and such? Uh, exactly. I mean, there's there's 400 stocks out there that, that are paying over 6% dividends, 6, 10, 12% dividend yields mm -hmm. on, on in some positions. You know, now as long as you're okay with the fluctuation, but if you just want the income, that's fine. There's a lot of different ways to, to handle that. As a matter of fact, there's there's <coughs> excuse me, there's six or seven different ways that you can infuse cash into your portfolio for income purposes without selling off any shares of, of what you own at all. Nice. And that is a that is a key component. So so the idea here is you know you're in your 40s and your 50s and your 30s, 40s and 50s, and you're growing, growing, growing dollars. To your point, Chris, is at some point you got to switch that over to income production. So mm -hmm. as you're as you're aging each year through life, periodically you might want to start putting stuff in a position that's designed for income. Or what a lot of people will do too, who really understand this game is they'll start, when they're investing, they'll start investing in something that's designed to give them growth and income in retirement now and growth. So they'll be investing in both of those channels all the way through their investing career so that when they're there in, in, in retirement, they've already got it packed up and ready to go. And okay. you can keep reinvesting that until such a point of time yes. that you can pull it back out, right? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And so there's, you know, it's it's very, it's a lot of fun to to to, to design these portfolios, to design the, the it all and everything too. And that's another question too is is you know if, again we were talking earlier at the top of the show about how to interview a financial advisor, ask him or her what is your buy sell decision process. Show me how you decide to invest in XYZ fund, ETF, bond, stock, whatever it may be, annuity, whatever it may be. Show me what your research is, how you decide to do that, and show me why you're picking one sector of the economy over another. You know, how do you break down the markets? How do you break down the overall economy? What are your, what are your thought processes? What would drive you, what would drive you to make an investment change in a portfolio? Can you show me the history of your changes over time? Why were you there? You know, can you pull up what your clients were invested in 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 uh, April of 2020? How about 20? How about 2019? How about 2018? What's been the evolution of changes and why? You the know, scientific pattern behind all of it, I guess. Well, yeah, the science and the art of it all too. You sure. know, so these are these are questions that that you you want to be interviewing your financial advisor when 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 you're talking about all of this. They should be able to explain it to you. You know. Um, so, but, uh, uh, you know, anyway, there's just so much to, to, to talk about uh, in, in this industry when it all comes to it, Chris, yeah. because at the bottom, bottom line here is you need to make sure that your money's growing large enough 
to produce an income that you and your family need? And the, a the answer to that question is, how do you know what the income you, ne you, you need? Well, you can go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and you can click on the first page right there, the home page. There's a video there. It's about 90 seconds long, and it shows you exactly what a financial plan looks like and how it should function and how it should work for you and your family. And, and that's really the target here if you, that, that you want to be shooting for is to – how can you make an investment if you don't know what your needs are, right? How can you do that? You know, how do you make an investment if you're not sure what your needs are? And that's what a financial plan will do. And, and the whys will really work from a financial plan when it comes down to all of that. So, hey, we're going to take a quick break here. Let's keep the phone lines open. But before we do that, we want to announce our, our webinar that's coming up again. I'm very excited about this, especially with some of the new tax conversations that they're having up on Capitol Hill about changing the estate planning rules. We're going to be having basics of estate planning. It's coming up this Thursday, April 29th. 2 to 3 p.m. and 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time. There's no charge for it. Simply go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and you can click on the seminar icon right there in the top right-hand corner, and you can register right there. Uh, I'd like to see you there. It's, it's a live, open question, open, type your hand, raise your hand uh, webinar. You know, you can, you can ask questions. You know, we're, we're here to give you research. Uh, or, or education for your research and your estate planning. So we'll be examining the basics of estate planning, nothing deep. We're going to break it down for you, no big lawyer words. It's yeah, because go I'm going to be there. there. You've got to be very clear. You know, Right, right. Nothing Chris deep will be there me. as well. Yep, exactly. So hey, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. You're listening to Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense, and I'll be back in a moment. Listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Here's another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. Proper financial planning starts with a firm foundation. Don't jump up to the third rung of the ladder when you're trying to climb to the top of the roof. Make sure your insurance is aligned properly. Make sure you have the right types of homeowners, auto, umbrella, disability, long-term care, life insurance, just to name a few. Financial planning starts with a firm foundation, and that foundation is your insurance. Then take a look at your cash flow. Are you able to save money? Save it in the proper places. Retirement planning, traditional IRAs, traditional 401K plans, Roth IRAs. Make sure that the dollars are actually working for you towards your investment objectives. sound financial advice you can depend on you found the larry rosenthal show call now with your questions 855-767-3123 or stop by LarryRosenthal.com. this is the larry rosenthal show if you'd like to call again that's 855-767-3123 855-ROSE-123 talk to larry rosenthal our financial retirement expert here in the studio here today And here he is, Larry Rosenthal. I like this music you're coming up with, Chris. Well, you know this song. You could probably sing this one. The Drunken Sailor song, that's what it's called. I don't know. Yeah. It's nice, though. 
I don't know. I don't know. So, hey, anyway, we were talking about sectors, so let's get into some of those real quick. You know, what are the different sectors of the investment community, the investment economy, I guess you can talk about? Uh, basic materials. What are basic materials? Companies that manufacture chemicals, building materials, paper products. Um, you know, they engage in processing, uh, things like that. Yeah, if you so, were a toilet paper manufacturer last year, you made a lot of money. Yeah, and you were probably upset that you ran out of inventory, too, yeah, right? I would think so. There's <laughs> a lot of that going on. So, you know, so, so there are times that you want to invest in different parts of, this, of the economy or different sectors of the economy, right? And, and you know, there's, there's about 11 sectors and subsectors when, when you take a look at it all. Uh, another one is consumer cyclical sectors. Such things as retail stores, auto and auto manufacturing, companies engaged in uh, residential construction, um, lodging facilities, restaurants. You know, so these things are, are highly sensitive to, to um, what's going on in the economy right now. How are you feeling about the housing sector, by the way? What do you think? Are we, are we looking at uh, a, good, a good market this year? Well, the market's been been incredible. You know, housing prices are up to over twelve percent across the, across the nation right now, yeah. and that's because of limited supply. Limited supply, you know, of of things that's happening. A lot of people are recognizing this post COVID economy that they don't need to be living inside the cities, yeah. right? Yeah. They're 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 moving out to where they want to be, and they're working from home. And a lot of people are going to be able to continue to work from home, which I think is, you know, it's just an interesting dynamic on what's going to be changing in the economy going forward. That's going to affect commercial real estate. It's going to affect gas prices. You know, it's going to affect a lot of places. You know, you, you look at, uh, you know, just uh, uh, just in, in your heavy concentration areas, you know, San Francisco, L.A., Dallas, D.C., Minneapolis, you know, places where there's big, big commuting issues and people working at home. It's going to change a lot of things. It's going to change restaurants. It's going to change a lot of stuff, Chris. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and so you're looking at at 50% less inventory right now than we usually have in the housing market, and that's driving prices up. It's 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 driving up cost of of goods, lumber, cement, the whole nine yards, right? right? And and um, you know, there's going to come a time though. <laughs> there's going to come a time when all of a sudden it peaks. It always does. You know, trees don't grow to the sky, right? And and housing prices can't go on forever and ever. It prices people out of the market uh, as far as their ability to 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 make mortgage payments. Well, there's no inventory know? out there right now. I'm guessing, and they're trying to catch that up to that so that people would be able to buy those houses that they want. That that is correct. Once inventory catches up, you know, there's there. You take a look at at the housing sector right now. You know, right now interest rates are very very low. We've got the government spending a lot of money. What happens if inflation comes in 2022, 2023, 2024? They have to raise interest rates, right? The 10-year bond has already shot up to about 1.5% from 0.7 this time last year. So now what happens, um, you know, mortgages are tied to that. If that rate keeps on going up, we could see rates rise in the coming years. Then you take a look at increased taxation in the coming years, right? That's going to put less dollars in people's pockets. And then you look at the rebuilding of inventory. So all three of those things say, hey, you know what? The clock is ticking on the rising of real estate, right? That's what it says. Now, are they all going to play out that way? We'll have to wait and see. Maybe tax hikes aren't that bad. Maybe interest rates don't rise that much, right? 
Uh, maybe maybe we don't overbuild and have too much inventory where there's more supply than there is demand. So you have to just sort of wait and see how all this stuff plays out. But those are the things that we'd be looking at when you're talking about, you know, evaluating time spots, you know, what we would call time spots. What's it going to look like eight months from now, 16 months from now, 25 months from now, down the road when you're talking about making investments and things like that, Chris. Mm -hmm. So that's the way you would take a look at it, you know. But right now, things are happening, and it's because people are recognizing that they don't need – you know, not everybody, but a lot of people don't necessarily need to be working in, in the office building. Yeah, why would you commute if you don't need to, you know? Exactly. That, that's exactly correct. There's a lot of service industries out there that are, that are not going to be doing that. How is that going to affect com, um, uh, business travel? How is that going to affect occupancies in planes? Hotels, How is it yeah. going to affect occupancies in hotels, yeah. restaurants, all these different places, right? You know, so that, so there's a lot on the table yet that that still have to be still has to be shaken out when it comes mm-hmm. to looking at this, and it does give investment opportunities. There's no doubt about it. It definitely does. When you could sort of see the flow of dollars and how things are going to be changing around in this what we would call the post-COVID economy, mm-hmm. and you know, and we're not there yet, Chris. We are not there. We still have a lot of people, unfortunately, that are still hurting. Small businesses all oh. across the country are still hurting. We are starting to see. More and more opening, more and more places opening, which is good news. We're starting to see see that happen more and more. Uh, you know, I've been to a few restaurants, and, and unfortunately, sometimes their menu, they've run out of things. Oh. Okay? Huh. And that, that deals with supply chain. You know, and the supply chain. It was chain. nice. I went out the other night with the family, too. It just felt good to get out, uh, you know, after yeah. being in, in for such a long time. So Sure. Yeah. With, without a doubt. And everybody wants to get back to, to some, some remnant of normalcy. But the business community, you know, that's one of the things in, in free open market capitalism. The business community is going to continue to innovate mm-hmm. um, and provide ways for their employees to flourish as well as their companies, too. And so, you know, you just watch. It's going to be different. We'll look down the road three years from now and look back and we'll say, wow, remember when we used to do this back in the olden days? <laughs> you know, no more, right? And, and how much more innovation is technology going to come to the table? Oh, that's right? going to be big, yeah. You know, I mean. You your know, technology stuff is going to come back eventually, right? I mean, that's, that isn't gone forever, right? What, technology stock? Yeah. because the, the, just going cons- sideways right now until yeah. until inflation's proven one way or the other. Right. You know, the innovation is not going not, not to go. We are not done as a human race. It's true. Innovating techno- technology. It's not, it's not done. You take mm-hmm. a look at the amount of investment research that's going to be spent in, in artificial intelligence. Oh, right? Yeah. What about the technology that's going to be in cars? Look at the technology that's in cars right now. And how much more technology is going to be there 5, 10, 15 years from now? We'll forget what a steering wheel is at some point because it's just going to drive us wherever we want to go. It, 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 I mean, it very well could be. Yeah. You know, it, when, when you take a look at, at, at that and you take a look at some of the manufacturers talking about being all electric in, in 10 to 15 years from now, what does that mean? That means that, a, that, somebody, that they're, they're basically saying somebody can get into a car in California and drive to the East Coast. In the same length of time it takes a combustible engine car to do so. That means they've got to have infrastructure for charging built out oh, and, yeah. and, and more technology in cars to, to be able to recharge quicker. So if you stop and think about that, what a, what a lot of things. We're going to continue to innovate. Same with health care and things like that. Yep. So, Hey, check out my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Sign up for our webinar that's coming up here this coming Thursday on the basics in estate planning. 
And for Bob in the back answering the phones today, great job, Bob, as always. And Chris McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week. And we'll be back next Saturday with another session of Making Money Sense.